And I felt this for a few weeks. I feel like this word has been brewing in my spirit. And there's been a lot of confirmation over the last few weeks of things that I've heard, the things that Alex spoke, what Ben preached last week. We weren't here, but I listened to it on the podcast. And I really do believe that God has something special for us this morning. And it's been coming through um, in the worship and in our time together already. I've been musing on hearing from God, how we hear from God, and what we do when we hear from God. I have no doubt that God still speaks. And he desperately wants to speak to us every day of our lives. He wants us to hear his voice, And his heart. You know, way back in Genesis, God's original intent was to speak with Adam and Eve every day, every morning, and every evening, to walk and talk with them, to be intimate with them. And the only reason we don't have that is because of sin. Sin entered the world. And it actually stopped that intimate communication between man and God. But God had an answer for sin. And that's not what I'm preaching about today. We have the opportunity every day to connect with God and to hear his voice. You know, through the Old Testament, prophets shared messages from God for individuals and for whole communities. Jesus spoke to the hearts of individuals and groups of people. He brought a message of salvation and hope. In John 10, 27, he likened those who believe to sheep. He talked about those who believe are like sheep who hear my voice and know me and follow me. Jesus wants to know us, us to know him that closely. The Holy Spirit has come to lead, to guide us, to be our comforter. He is the indwelling of the character and the nature of God. We are his temple and we can commune with him. So much is available to us. So much. Yet we often struggle to hear God's voice. And no matter how long you've been in the Lord, we all have times where I'm just not hearing God's voice. We've all had times like that. And recently, it's been a number of people have said this in different ways. If we're not hearing from God, it's not that God has stopped speaking. It's that we've stopped hearing. We're not hearing his voice. But God's heart hasn't changed. He longs to speak to us, not just about our future, not just about where he wants you to live, not just about the job he wants you to do. Those are things that we often take to God. What uni course should I do, Lord? What have you got for my future? And we ask him to put things for our future on our heart. But he wants to speak into our today, into the situations that we are facing today. And I realise sometimes why I struggle to hear God's voice 
is because I allow the voice of my situation to be louder than God's voice. The things that are coming against me, the trials that I face, that voice can be louder in my ear than God's voice. There have been times in my life that the only voices I can hear are the ones that would keep me in defeat. The ones that would tell me, oh, this is too hard for God. Would tell me, well, you blew it. And this is the natural consequence of your actions. Well, you're stuck in this place and there's no way out. Your kids are too far gone. The devil wants us to stay in a place of unbelief and doubt. And he will continually speak into our lives negativity and unbelief, just as he did to Adam and Eve. And just the way that he robbed them, he wants to rob us. But God has something better for us. Something much better. I have been loving the book of Second Kings. I've been loving reading Elijah and Elisha and how God spoke through them and the miracles. If you have not read the book of Kings lately, I encourage you to go and read it. Man, there's some rich stuff in there. And I have just been, God has been speaking to me. In Second Kings 19, there were a group of kings that belonged to Assyria and they were attacking Israel. They, had, they were intent on destroying Israel. They had defeated many nations and they reminded Israel of that. Who do you think you are? That you're different from them. We defeated them. What makes you think you're better than them? They were a great army. And a king sent a letter to Hezekiah to try to intimidate him, to try to get him to surrender and say, yep, it's too hard. Yep, we're going to, we're going to give over now so that you don't kill us, so that we minimise our casualties. But Hezekiah did something different. He took the letter into the temple, into the place of worship, and he lifted the letter up to God. He physically took the letter and lifted it before God. And the first thing he did in the temple was he declared how good God is. He declared how great God is. And then he stated the facts. He said, yeah, God, this army is big. This army has the potential to defeat us. This army has done this, this, and this already. But he cried out to God for rescue. He said, Lord, rescue us and bring, bring us relief from this. Well, the prophet at that time was Isaiah, and he was seeking God, and he heard what was happening. He got a message from God. And he sent a message to Hezekiah saying, God's about to do something amazing. He declared what God would do for Israel and what he would do to their enemy. The thing that I found interesting in this story was neither Hezekiah nor God denied the facts. Even God said, yes, they are a great army. Yes, they have defeated many nations. God didn't deny who the Assyrians were, but he knew he was greater. 
And sometimes when we have a problem, we forget that God sees the problem as well. He sees the facts of what we're going through, and he's with us in the middle of that. And he doesn't want us to come whinging and complaining, but as we declare the facts before God, we're actually saying, God, you do something about it. God, you be God in this situation. And the place to hear that, the place to get that understanding, of course, is in his presence. It's not about naming and claiming. It's not about grabbing a scripture and making a faith pronouncement. But it's about drawing strength and truth from spending time with God. And out of that time, those statements of faith may come. They will come. God will give us a scripture. It's not just us going looking for something that fits my situation. It's actually going into his presence and getting a word from God for our situation. We're not to deny where we are. If life is difficult, life is difficult. We can't pretend that it's not. And God doesn't want us to. But he wants us to have his perspective and to trust him to bring the victory. And often when we come to church, and I have done this and I will probably do it in the future, we're encouraged when we come often to forget about the week, to forget about our problems and focus on the Lord. And there is power in that. But today, I would suggest that we bring those things into the temple. Those things, those things that have bothered us in the week, those things that we're finding hard, those challenges, those illnesses, those relationship challenges, bring them into the temple and lift them up before the Lord. Bring them right into the presence of the Lord, right into the place where his heart can fill your heart with what he says about those things. Because if we don't, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes if I leave them at the door, I pick them up again on the way out. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be transformed by his presence and by his power. When we make a place to meet with him, he makes a place to meet with us and to change us. There are two women that I'd like to just look at briefly, and I'd encourage you to read their stories in depth. Um, How does God speak to us? There's a couple of ways in here. But um, before Alec came two weeks ago, um, God actually gave me this scripture to share on today. And Alec had a word for Shane and I, and it was the scripture. And I'm actually, while he's sharing, I'm digging Shane in the, in the ribs, <laughs> getting a little bit excited. God speaks to other people. I've got a little boy waving to me down the back. <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, so these are the things that I've been getting out of these two, these two women. Two desperate situations. Second Kings chapter 4. I'm going to read the first one. 
One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. I've just recently been to the funeral of a friend who lost her husband very young. And um, so I get this woman. And... She doesn't know what her future looks like. There was no social welfare in those days, no Centrelink to go and things. She was dependent on the Lord and her sons were about to be taken into slavery. But she went to the prophet. She went to the place where she could hear a word from God. And he said, what do you have? She didn't have anything but a little oil. And God used what she had. You know, we sometimes think when we come into the presence of the Lord that we have to be a certain way or have certain things in order in our life. But God just says, come with what you have. Come with where you are. That's where he will meet us. She listened to the prophet. She did what he said. And she saw provision and abundance for her life. The second woman following on was a wealthy lady. So the exact opposite. She recognised Elisha as a man of God and prepared a place for him that when he was passing, he could sleep. And as a response, um, Elisha said to his servant Gehazi, what can we give her? What does she need? She didn't need anything. She was wealthy. But Gehazi said she doesn't have a son and obviously had been barren for some time. She said, no, Lord, don't give me anything. Don't get my hopes up. But within a year, she, was, she held a child in her arms. God had provided for her, but the story goes on. Verse 18. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. So the servant took him home and the son died. The promised son died. I can imagine the devastation that this woman felt. She didn't even tell her husband what had happened. She closed the door of the room. 
she went to find the presence of the Lord. She went to where she could hear from God. And verse 27, when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi, the servant, began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. She said to him, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? And Elisha sent Gehazi back. But it ended up meaning that being that Elisha had to go. The woman did not leave his side. She stayed where she knew the presence of the Lord was. And they went together and Elisha prayed for that boy. He lay on him. They prayed for that boy and he came back to life. He came back to life. She felt the woman fell at his feet and bowed for him, overwhelmed with gratitude. She took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Really desperate situations. Really, really desperate situations. They both went to God. They both went for direction, they both went for hope, and they both went to see promises fulfilled. That's where we find our answers. We all have desperate situations that we face from time to time. Some of you are facing them even now, even today. But the place where we find hope, the place where we find an answer for those situations, is in his presence. And it's not for just what's ahead, it's for today. God is longing to communicate with us in an intimate way. They made a place where God's voice became louder than the voice of their situation. And today we're going to make and have an opportunity in his presence where we allowed his voice to be louder than our circumstances a place where his voice becomes the thing that dictates how we feel and how we face our future. God has a word of encouragement and it's a place of breakthrough in his presence this morning. You know, there's lots of ways that God speaks to us. Um, you know, he speaks through his word. He speaks through dreams. He confirms it through people. He gives words of knowledge. He speaks to us in worship, in prayer. He speaks to us in nature. But in my life, one of the ways he's most spoken to me is through people. He's used people that have been faithful to seek the Lord and who have spoken into my life and I was thinking, well, how do we grow in hearing God's voice? And I thought of a child. When a child's learning to talk, they are totally surrounded, totally immersed with language. They hear it every day long before they can begin to speak. And a child doesn't stop speaking when they make a wrong sound. And a parent certainly doesn't stop them from speaking when a child makes a mistake, oh, you're never going to get this right. Stop speaking. 
I mean, we'd, we'd be, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> it's like that in the Spirit. We need to be immersed in the language of the Spirit, immersed in the language of heaven to learn to hear his voice, to learn to hear it through other people, to learn to hear it through nature. And that's found in his presence. Will we make mistakes? Probably. Should that stop us? Definitely not. We want to grow in the things of the Spirit. We want to grow in being able to encourage one another. We want to grow in having confidence that what we're hearing is the voice of God and allowing Him to work through us. You know, if you feel you have a word for someone, I love that song, Soul, don't you get shy on me. Don't let your feelings interfere. Start being obedient to the things that God puts on your life. We were away last weekend and the church we went to on Sunday morning was not, we didn't know, well, we knew some people from a course that we had been at, but we didn't know anybody and it was a big church and we had woken up on Sunday morning and were lying in bed and praying and um, Shane got a word for a specific person. He got a name and we don't know anybody by that name. We don't. I thought, okay, well. And he got a very specific one-sentence word for this person. And um, we go to church, and we're sitting there, and it's going on. I do a lot of nudging. I went, it's the pastor. (laughs) It was the pastor's name. And so it was a busy day, and they had a real move of the Spirit last week, so there was all sorts of stuff happening at the end of the meeting, and it was, and we thought, oh, well, God, if you want Shane to give this word to him, um, and I won't share his name because it was quite a specific word, um, you're going to have to make an opportunity. Well, we'd had lunch. They had, a, they had lunch last week too, so we didn't miss out. And um, we were going to the toilet, before walking off and as we went it was down a little hallway and as we walked we, pa- we passed them and stopped to say hello there was no one else around and Shane shared his word that made absolutely no sense to us and both of their eyes just standing there both of their eyes got wider and wider and it was they had actually been praying about something that they hadn't even brought to their church yet and God, uh, God gave Shane a word that was so specific to that situation. Now, that blessed that couple, but boy, Shane went away skipping. <laughs> you know, to that thing, it's, God doesn't just bless the person that that's, that's the word is for. He wants us to be moving in the spirit. You know, at the workshop we were at, a lady came over to me and she said, look, we, we weren't in the same group. We didn't even know each other's names. She said, we were just praying for different people this morning and I feel like I really need to tell you how beautiful your skin is. Those of you who know me, my skin has been my letter before the Lord for many, many years. And it has been such a struggle in my life that I've had a real healing in. So her coming to me gave me the opportunity to share my testimony And then she shared her testimony and we just had this wonderful place of fellowship and encouraging one another because she'd been obedient 
to do a funny thing, to go up to a woman that you don't really know and say, your skin's beautiful. That, that took a, you know, that's not something that, that I would probably feel comfortable with doing. So this morning, I wonder if the worship team could come back up. I feel like I said lots of little different things with the heart of saying one thing. God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak into our situation. God wants his voice to be louder than any other voice in our life. So we're going to leave some room this morning for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We're going to leave some room. Because God wants to bring an abundance into our life, in the natural and the spiritual. No matter where we are in our walk, there is always more. Throughout the Bible, it's stories of desperate people in desperate situations meeting with a God who loves them and wants to be intimately connected with them. The message this morning was to come. It came through in worship. If there's something in your life this morning... That voice is louder than God's voice. I'd invite you to come to the front and in a sense lift it up to the Lord. Tell God what it is and ask him to see it from his perspective. Ask him for his voice, for his word of encouragement in that. Bring before the Lord, this is what the doctor has said, God. Bring before him, this is where my finances are. This is my job situation. This is how my relationships look at the moment. God, would you rescue me? What do you say, God? What do you see? Let's make a place for him to meet with us this morning. Come to the front. Get on your knees, lift your hands, be quiet before the Lord, get noisy before God. Whatever it is, how you meet with God, we're going to make a place today. Because he wants to release joy and peace, love and freedom on us in a new way this morning. And if you're here today and there's nothing that you feel you need to lift up, Seek a word for someone else. Now, as we get older in the Lord, we learn how to deal with some of those things in our lives. But in the natural, our hearing can start to diminish. But as we get older, our spirit should be sharper. Sharper to hear for ourselves and for others. So this morning, if there's not something that you want to lift before the Lord, be praying. And if you, get, if you get a sense to go and pray for someone, please get out of your seat and go and pray for them. If God puts a scripture on your heart for someone, 
go and give it to them. This is moving in the Spirit, ministering to one another, bringing God's love, bringing the Spirit into people's situations. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, if you're here this morning and you're doing life on your own, that's hard work and it's heavy. Jesus wants to carry your load. Jesus wants to be your Lord. Jesus has paid the price so that you don't have to carry those loads anymore. So if that's you this morning, come out the front. We will pray with you. Jesus has more for all of us. Let's come. Let's come and see those walls broken down. If you're one of the people that lifted your hands about the walls that Ben prayed for before, bring it to the front. Come and bring it before the Lord and ask Him to break down those walls. And church, let's be involved this morning. Let it not all be about what's happening up the front. Let's be involved. Let's seek God's heart. Let's hear His voice for us this morning. Let's see Him lifted high in our lives and let Him see, let's see Him be the victor, the rescuer for us.